I said that the main thing that that Paul is doing in verses 14 to 25 of Romans 7 is to defend the law of God against several false inferences, one in particular drawn out from the observation that Christians don't live up to their own standards perfectly. So I imagine, and I don't think it takes a lot of imagination, an objector having walked with Paul through the first six chapters of Romans, not believing what he's saying, in fact, very much resistant to what he's saying, and pointing out to him, now, Paul, you said back in chapter 6, verse 14, that these folks are no longer under the law. And you said in chapter 7, verse 4, these folks are dead to the law. And you said in chapter 7, verse 6, these folks are released from the law. You know what you get, Paul, when you tell people they're not under the law, they're dead to the law, and they're released from the law? You get Romans 7, that's what you get. You get people who are wanting to do what they can't do, and not able to do what they ought to do, and who see themselves as wretched people. That's what you get. You have made the law into disease and death. And what you get is half-baked, carnal, worldly Christians at best. So what you need to do, Paul, to get this thing fixed is to stop dumping on the law and treating it as a disease or as the cause of death. Get people under the law where they belong. Now, to that objection, Paul, I think, is having to fight on three fronts as he writes this. Number one, he believes in the goodness and spirituality of the law with all his heart. So he's fighting on the front of... I am not making the law sin. I am not treating the law as death. I am not treating the law as disease. I love the law of God. The key texts are verse 14. We know that the law is spiritual. Verse 16. I agree with the law, confessing that it is good. Verse 22. I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man. Verse 25. I myself with my mind am serving the law of God. So that's one front. You can hear him saying, it is not true what you're saying. You're drawing a false inference from my teaching to say that I'm treating the law as sin. And I'm treating the law as deadly. I'm treating the law as a disease. That's not what I'm saying. You're misunderstanding and misconstruing. The second front, he says, the explanation for why... Christians don't live up to their own standards is not that I have put the law in the wrong place, but that indwelling sin is a mighty power in our lives. Two verses. Verse 17. So now, no longer am I the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. That's where I get the phrase, and others get the phrase, indwelling sin. See the phrase dwell in me? It's like a it's like a resident, an ugly, seditious, warring against my soul resident. Verse 20, 
But if I am doing the very thing I do not want, I am no longer the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. There it is again. Two texts talk about this reality called indwelling sin. So his second front, the first one is to defend the law and to show that the problem is not that I have made the law to be sin. Rather, on the second front, he's defending the reality that there is such a thing as indwelling sin rooted down deep in my life. And I need to put it to death. I need to make war on it. But it's there and it's real. That's the second front. The third front is to defend his own Christian standing. He's a Christian. He wants to defend the fact that he's a Christian. I have a new nature. I have been born again.